What's good, everybody? Hopefully you're having a fantastic Wednesday. We are in the middle of the week. We're doing an evening show this week because, uh, you know, a little bit of scheduling conflicts. Uh, it's been a long day. Been doing a lot of videos, talking to people at work, which was fun. But we got to talk some basketball. We're going to talk some basketball today that I find really, really interesting. We're going to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, as you guys know, it is Wednesday which means it's time for NBA with Nuance. And my guy, Gerard Hector of True Hoop, 7 Footers Podcast, who always rocks with me every Wednesday, he said he wanted to talk about some Pelicans. And I'm going to bring him in because how we got in this topic of Pelicans is actually organic to a group chat that we are part of. All right? And so how we got him. What's up, Gerard? How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, my man. Allez les bleus. Oh, you see, I was about to say, I was about to say, I was glad on air you didn't come with any uh, bonsoir energy to me. Bonsoir, mon ami. Uh, man. Uh, Gerard is giving me the blues because I was anti-France the other day in a matchup with England. Uh, and France is now in the World Cup final against Argentina. And uh, that's going to be a very interesting one for a lot of it people. It will, it will. Uh, I'm probably picking I'm picking France to win, although I'd like to see Messi win. Because you know he's the real goal, unlike that other all guy. Right, that all right. We see you see we're not doing that. You see, we not doing that. We not <laughs> doing that. We got some pelicans. You out here talking about Messi. Nah, nah. Look, you nah. the one who came out here with the French. <laughs> right, come on. Yeah, you the one who came out here with the French salutations. And, uh, this is what you got to do. This guy is out blue all day. And all we got to hear this. You would think this man was out here living in Paris, which you probably wouldn't mind doing. If I you mean, know him. listen. Trust me. Listen. <laughs> and you know, Gerard, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't mind. Uh, Put me on the first thing right smoking. Yeah, yes, he would. Yes, he would. And and, and there's some things. Uh, shout out to my cousin, the rest of the Blues. Shout out, shout out. There you, there you go. Um, who? Although she's from England, but she's, oh, so how was that? So she's rooting for England while she was lives in France. That's probably a little awkward. <laughs> she is, except she's kind of she was kind of down on England. Um, and, okay. yeah, she was kind of down on them when they drew with the Americans. She's like, see, well, I tell you. I think so, see. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you know, give the Americans a little credit for being a better, a better squad. They, they, um, they, they weren't doing that in England. I'll tell you that much. They were, <laughs> they were not about that. Speaking of, of of giving a better squad credit, maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't talk about the Pelicans and how organically we came to talk about the Pelicans is in our group chat, which many of you guys know about, with myself, Gerard, Jamal Murphy, and Brian Fonseca. And Brian Fonseca, president of the Grand Theft Alvarado fan club, okay, <laughs> waving the Puerto Rican flag and all mm-hmm. that. And my man, Jamal Murphy, longtime veteran president of the Zion Williamson fan club. The two of those gentlemen are very <laughs> high on the Pelicans. Indeed, indeed. Including this statement from Brian Fonseca. <laughs> the Pelicans will make it to the Western Conference Finals. He did say that. Now, mm. Pelicans have won seven in a row before last night. The Pelicans have won eight out of their last ten. They are 18 and nine on the season. They are tied for the best record in the West with who, Gerard? With the Memphis Grizzlies. There we go. And Gerard is <laughs> Gerard is Gerard is here smiling. And we're not here to talk about the Grizzlies, but no, we're here we to not, talk about the about the Pelicans. Are you surprised, Gerard? I think we both thought the Pelicans could be good, but where they are now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about we don't kind of know what they are. 
so this is kind of our show to kind of maybe try to talk about where they are. Are you yeah. surprised at where they are, 18-9, top of the West? Is that shocking to you? Uh, not so much because, okay, listen, last year we know what they were, right? They finished 10 games under 500, um, and they had to win the playing tournament to get into the postseason, and they pushed the top-seeded Suns to six games. And we just saw them play the Suns uh, recently, last two games, and they beat them two straight, right? Really, like, it's a matchup that doesn't seem to work well for the Suns. Suns have been the class of the Western Conference the last couple of years. Um, but keep in mind, when the Pelicans started out poorly last year, after Christmas, they basically played 500 basketball. And they had, remember, that was without Zion. And they didn't get C.J. McCollum until after the trade deadline. So this team played good basketball uh, pretty much after Christmas Day all last season. You add a healthy Zion back, who, when he has been healthy and played, is essentially the best interior scorer in the NBA and is basically an all-NBA level player. So, I mean, you add that kind of talent back to a team that already pushed the top-seeded Suns to six in the playoffs, you had to assume they'll be pretty decent. Just give them some time to work things out. And you're seeing that now, Dexter. What's great about them and the, uh, about the Pelicans is they are excellent on both ends of the floor. Top three uh, in defensive rating, top eight in offensive rating. So they're getting it down both ways. And we know to win in this league, you meet the championship ultimately. You have to have a top 10 defense. Now, I ain't going to be on the Brian Fonseca and Jamal Murphy train talking about they're going to win the Western Conference. They're getting the, the Western Conference finals. I mean, sure, anything could happen. But the one thing they don't have is playoff experience and the warts together. Like, as bad as the Warriors are playing right now, I in a seven-game series where the Warriors starting five are going to play the majority of minutes, mm-hmm. I don't trust the Pelicans to out-execute the Warriors when it matters in crunch time, right? Because the Warriors have all that equity built up of doing it time after time after time, right? And when the opponent knows your pet plays, knows your little tells, it's different than when, you know, you're playing three games in five nights. We've, I've said this analogy before, Dexter, you know this. Yep. Into a locker room in the regular season versus walking into a locker room pregame during the playoffs. Regular season, they got a whiteboard with three things. Uh, keep your man in front. Don't let what right? Like, just basic whatever. Come postseason, each player got a binder on every team's top plays, and they've been studying that junk for weeks, right? So it's a very different thing. Again, not saying the Falcons aren't good, just saying that when it comes to the postseason, they haven't had the collective time together to do it. Now, that doesn't mean they won't be a great team. They won't yeah. be a great regular season team. We saw that last year with my Grizzlies. Second best record in the league, and they got to the conference semis, right? So you can do those things. That is very possible. Now, getting to the conference semis, it's a lot different than uh, what Mr. Brian Fonseca was out here saying, talking about they get into the conference finals, and every chance he can yell, he's talking about Pelicans in six. You kind of you kind of alluded to this just now. Are you riding the Pelicans hype train, right? Like, how this is a sort of a question for later, so I want to hold that about how good we think they can be. But you sound like you're saying, listen, there are things here to get excited about. Well, particularly sure. Zion Williamson getting healthy. We'll get to that later, too. There are things to be excited about here, but are you riding a hype train? Or it's like, I feel like we do this, but we can't enjoy the process. Like, yeah, what the yeah. Grizzlies did last year, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you mentioned, mm-hmm. getting to the second round is a good mm-hmm. part of the process and journey. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I have had conversations about this. Mm-hmm. Um, are you getting on a hype train? Or are you just kind of like, yo, let's just let's just enjoy the ride here with the Pelicans? Let's enjoy the ride. In terms of the hype, I'm not going to say they're winning a title, but I'm enjoying the process. I think, again, they are an excellent team. and They have everything you need to regular season-wise 
to be fit. They could finish top of the West. That wouldn't surprise me. As again, the Pelican, the uh, Grizzlies were second last year, so that would not surprise me. Will they convert it and translate it over into postseason success? Will they win a championship? Dexter, the history of the NBA tells us no, right? Young teams don't all of a sudden come together and win a title, right? At the, at, you need that collective, all right, like we lost, we got some experience. CJ has some playoff experience, but nobody else on that roster's got playoff experience, like anything meaningful, right? They, they have no idea what it's like. Again, you're playing the same team, best out of seven, where they know, all right, it's what they like to do. Let's, let's, go, let's run this action here. This is their weakness. Well, they're going to hunt your weaknesses, right? Because as good as the Pelicans are, they have weaknesses. We saw the loss of the Jazz last night, right? They're not a great three-point shooting team, right? There's a lot of – with volume, I should say. There's a lot of different things you, you, can, you can pick at uh, with this team. Um, you know, so – but again, are they fun? Are they exciting? Yes, everybody get excited because the Pelicans seem to have the pieces you need to be a long-term contender in the Western Conference. Yeah, and I think one of the things when you talk about that, I'm not riding the hype train. Like, I'm not going far as Brian with the – they're going to the Western Conference Finals. Mainly for the same reasons Gerard brought up, just to be clear. I think getting meaningful playoff experience matters. One thing the Pelicans did learn last year, and it was Gerard talked about the sample size post the All-Star break, right? And then post them getting C.J. McCollum, where they played like over a 500 team. This is why they were, for both myself and Gerard, one of the teams we talked about taking over before this season, if you were going to bet on them. We liked them because we liked the clip they played out and thought they could exceed that, which they are playing to that right now. They're on pace for that. Now, one thing is they learned how to lose, right? They lost the playoff series, but I think there's something, and this is where I think you're kind of getting to, Gerard. There's something to playing with house money in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. and there's another thing playing Mm -hmm. when the expectations have ratcheted up and then you're expected to win. This is the comparison we're making with Memphis here. Mm -hmm. Memphis last year, the year before, it was kind of fun for them Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. They lose. They get the second seed. They went around, which I think was a totally great season for them. And then they lost to a team that was able to out-execute them, which is a point that Gerard tries to make, right? Mm-hmm. The Pelicans are not even there yet. They haven't got could they win around this year? Sure. Of course. Two rounds? Mm. No. You're asking, you're right. asking a lot, right? You're asking a lot right there. Even last year, what did we talk about on Monday's show? We talked about the Dallas Mavericks, right? Even last year, that the Dallas Mavericks team that gets there. That's a seasoned Luka who's been in the playoffs three times before that, right? Mm -hmm. He had been through some things, losing Mm -hmm. to the Clippers and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. I think the playoff stuff matters. We'll get to that later. Now, if I'm impressed about one thing with this Pelicans team, in my opinion, is the fact that they've been doing a good amount of this winning without Brandon Ingram, Mm -hmm. who I actually really like as a player, and Mm -hmm. I'm very intrigued to see how he fits back because Zion's sort of being unleashed, and we'll get to him Mm -hmm. next. But are you impressed with how they also how they've been winning without BI? Because it's been looking pretty good in the way they've done it. Not saying they don't need BI. Right, if right. anybody's wondering that, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's impressive that they've done it without him. Oh, I'm with you 100 percent And let's be clear about something. They need Brandon Ingram if they're going to be a a, play, a playoff team that does anything of substance and meaning, right? He isn't, I mean, he's been an all-star, right? He is an excellent wing scorer and creator, right? Um, and defensively, he has gotten better. So, you know, this is a guy that can score at all three levels. Um, he, I mean, he's capable of going on for 35, 40 in any given, any given night. So this is impressive that they're doing it. What they're showing you is their depth, Dexter, right? This is a deep team. By the way, thank you, Drew Holiday, and thank you, Anthony Davis. Those trades are still yielding dividends to this day for the New Orleans Pelicans, right? Because they get to pick in the draft all this talent. You got Trey Murphy the third, who is a 
I mean, wow. Talk about an athlete who can shoot the three long range. He can defend. We talked about Grand Theft Alvarado. Dyson Daniels, the rookie, he is already, Dexter, an impactful plus defender on day one. You know how hard it is for rookies to yeah. contribute? It's you very hard. I'm, you know why I'm shaking my head, right? Because of the Knicks? The- you know, who, who wanted them to draft Dyson Daniels? <laughs> who was saying this before the draft? This guy. <laughs> this guy. Continue, sir. You, you, know, you, know, you know what I'm going to say about that, man? Listen. Smart organizations do smart things. Not smart organizations tend to do not smart who, things. I wonder, who are you trying to say is not the smart organization here? Listen, I'm just saying. We'll, we'll leave that up to the listener view. I think I'm, just, I'm just I saying. Think um, so, and and all that time they got last year, and they, they got time to develop, right? And beginning of the season, I talked to Pelicans assistant coach um, Ryan Pannone and Corey Brewer. And because they were in Brooklyn, played the next first game of the season. And they were so hyped about this team, Dex. But not in that way that every coach is hyped beginning of the season, like the first day of school. Nah, not like that. Like, Panone was like, no, 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 no. Like, our scrimmages, like, is they're competitive. It's the craziest, insane competitive level basketball I've seen. It's just in our scrimmages during training camp. And I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, if you're seeing that. And again, Zion isn't even at the level that he's going. Remember, he missed all of last year. Dexter. Let's see where he is mid-January, as we get, right? He's going to be even better. And if he's ascending, I mean, again, he's already a player who, when he's healthy, day one, was already basically an all-NBA-level player, right? This is like your Lucas or these LeBrons, these kinds of dudes who, rookie year, you're like, damn, they already that good? And defensively, Dexter, he's defending this year? Like, well, it, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's that's also what's been impressive with them winning without Bi, right? And to your point, like Bi is an All Star level player, and you like you said, it shows the depth. I think it's a great point there too, and all the young players you mentioned that have been sort of unlocked for them. But you can't talk about this team without talking about Zion. Yeah, yeah, and a healthy Zion. Mm-hmm. What did you say at the top? You said he did. You say he was the best. I don't want to misquote you. you say oh, the best interior scorer. Yeah, interior scorer in NBA. Yes, absolutely agree. Have you been watching, folks, what this guy's doing? Did you see the dunk he put on uh, Kessler last night? Woo! Okay. This guy gets in the paint. Now you can, if you've been watching for the beginning of the season, he's getting a little bit more comfortable in the ball in his hands. And I'm not even talking about him running sets where he's point forward. It's just when he even gets the ball 17, 18 feet out and is going and attacking and finishing at a very high level. It's extremely impressive. And to your point, he hasn't even scratched the surface yet. We think of what he can do or how good he can be. He's just now starting to look as good as he did in year two. Um, And then he obviously gets the season robbed from him. How scary is this guy? We know if we had Murphy, he'd be shaking the (laughs) pom-pom. But how scary is this guy? Because he looks really scary. It's very scary, Dexter. And I do think playing the point matters. Like. Greg Bobovich said this once about Kawhi Leonard. The game unlocked for Kawhi once Kawhi realized, when I design a play, it's not for you to score. It's for us to score. And Zion seems to have already locked in and and bought into that. Because he knows, I already built, the. I can score 30 any night I want to, right? Because he's got the tools and the body and the frame and the skill set to do so. But running him at point allows him to see the game, right, from a point guard's eyes and how to get his teammates involved and how to let things flow and develop. 
once we score, it's going to be much easier for me to score. I think we always talk about the Warriors offense, right? Coach Thorpe affectionately calls it the Cuisinart. When all five guys on the floors are weaponized, that makes them very hard to stop. Uh, last night they played the Bucks, and Pat Connaughton or Grayson Allen said this. He's like, I mean, that's a hard team to stop. They run like a million screens a game. Everybody's active. Yeah. When everybody is a live threat, that is difficult to stop versus, all right, this team only got one or two dudes. Now, one or two dudes that may be all world, but even all world players, Dexter, if I know your only go-to move is give the ball to your star player, more often than not, I'm going to figure out a way to stop that because ain't nobody else doing anything, right? But if everybody's active and Zion's able to get other guys involved, they're running, they're cutting off ball and they're moving, that's a beautiful thing. So I love how the offense is running. And remember, he's not even shooting threes like that much, right? Like, I mean, he's really doing his damage inside. And that's a part of his game that I think we all think could also be elevated. And if he's doing that, well, then forget it, right? Oh, yeah. Once you become a three-level scorer, well, you know, you're you're the best players in the world, right? You're, you're Kevin Durant, you're right. Like, anybody who can score multiple levels, it's like, well, you know, pick your poison. And good luck to those defenses. But – it is for me. It's refreshing to see somebody dominating in the paint in inside, especially with his height, um, athletic ability, the fact that he looks healthy. It's refreshing. He's just so strong. To see that. He's so strong. He's so strong. He's just man. He's a problem. Okay? His second jump, problem. like it's just yeah. He's second jump is crazy. I haven't yeah. seen too many people like that um, with that great explosive second jump. Maybe Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. Larry Johnson, and mm-hmm. before the injury, those are two guys that come to mind. Fantastic seven, all undersized power forwards. Yep. Might might you might you add there too? Um, when you look at this Pelican roster, you talked about the depth. I think it's the same thing we've spoken about with the Grizzlies, right? Mm-hmm. There's always this temptation to be like, mm-hmm. okay, they've got CJ, mm-hmm. they've got BI, they've got Zion. Mm-hmm. All right, they got some depth, but they need another guy. Mm-hmm. Should they make a deal? Mm-hmm. Do you think the Pelicans need to make a deal? I, with them, I'm on the same vibe that I am with the Grizzlies. Ride it out with this core. Get some experience. There's no need to panic and move too much now. You know, it's so interesting, Dexter, because I was really thinking about this. And it's tough, right? Because it's not so much like, do I have to? But like the Pelicans, let's say they finish or they continue to trend towards the trade deadline. And they're the clear one seed in the Western Conference. No, man, you might start internally being like, guys, if we had a better wing creator, you know, it'd be hard to get an Apex Predator wing, although there's an Apex Predator wing they could definitely get if they wanted to because they have enough stuff to get him. If we get an Apex Predator wing and we pair him with Zion and what we got here, maybe, you know, we could maybe do something, right? We can maybe win this thing. So it's tough. It's It's tempting. And remember... They also have the Lakers pick this year, which will likely be a very good pick because the Lakers, let's be honest, even though they started winning some games lately, at best, they're, they're going to be around the playing area, right? I don't see them creeping into the top six. Like, there's just, they have too many problems on that roster. Um, so that's going to be another quality pick they have. And again, they've got future picks from the Lakers and swaps and the Drew Holiday trade still yielding uh, benefits to them from the Milwaukee Bucks 2026 or seven first rounder and by 26 27 who knows how good the bucks are then right like so this is it's interesting right so they they have the young talent and they have the draft capital that if they want to they can certainly make a move for a player of substance that will literally uh move the needle now should they that's a different story um 
I'm with you, I think, like. And it's tough because when you're a fan of the team, like I love the Grizzlies. I'm like, oh, what should the Grizz do? But then I'm like, ah, temper, temper. It's fine. Let them just build. Let them be who they are. See who you can develop. I think let them develop. The tough part about development is, Dexter, there's no guarantees in this league, right? Nothing's promised to you, right? And when you have a chance, I mean, Daryl Morey always says this, right? If you have a 5% chance of winning, you got to go go all in, right? You have to, because who the hell knows what's going to happen next year? Zion gets hurt again, like, oh, that that year's out, right? Like, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but who the hell knows? So when you have an opportunity, that's why when teams are in the finals, like Phoenix might rue being in that finals two years ago, being up 2-0, and not being able to close a deal. Because, it, I mean, the way they're looking lately, I don't know if they're getting back to the finals anytime soon, right? Mm-hmm. And that You don't know how many chances you're going to get at this at bite at this apple. So, you know, it's tough. It's a tough choice to make. It's a tough decision to make. And also knowing when you are ready, when you're in that, even if you have the 5% chance, it's, it's really tough to identify that. You talked about, I think you and I are on the same page with this, that if we have concerns about this team in the postseason, it would be lack of experience. Is there anything else when you look at this roster where you're saying, hey, this concerns me when they match up against the elite teams that have had playoff experience? Because that's really what we're talking about here. Yeah. So if you're talking about the Warriors, no matter how you feel about the Suns, they've been through a bunch of rounds in the last couple of years as a group and a core. They sort of, in that, even the Nuggets have played a lot of games in the playoffs and have that experience despite not having won that much. When you look at them matching up with those teams, are there anything that else that concerns you about the Pelicans in the postseason? I mean, it's like you said, right? Like, look, I don't think the Warriors, when they're doing their thing, right, are a good match. I mean, Warriors aren't a good matchup for almost for anybody. So, right, they're a problem. Look, and this is not a homer thing. My Grizzlies are a problem for them. Like, that is a battle-tested team. A healthy Desmond Bain, John Morant, that's basically an all-NBA backcourt. With Jared Jackson, who might be Defensive Player of the Year in only 11 games, right? I mean, like, you and you have length and athleticism coming off that bench, like, to throw at their length and athleticism, right? And again, this Grizzlies core, this will be their third year together in the, oh, sorry, fourth year together in the postseason, right? Having that experience. So, they're not going to get rattled, right? And they went toe-to-toe with the eventual champs. And might I say, pushing the six, and John Morant didn't play three of those last six games, right? So, I mean, the, I think those are teams that, like, you know, all right, you. And as much as I'm getting on Phoenix, if Chris Paul is healthy and playing at his level and Devin Booker, they won 60-something games last year for a reason. And they did beat this team last year in six, albeit with no Zion. But And it's the playoffs. None of this stuff is going to be easy. You, you think you're going to steamroll through people? No. So, yeah, I, I would be, you know, their lack of seasoning, I think, will come into play come the postseason. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that, which leads me to my last question before we get off the Pelicans here. Look, a couple weeks ago, we were like, we don't know where they are. We have no idea. 18-9, and nine, we are, that's 27 games. This is a pretty decent sample size. Once you start getting to this point in December, you pretty much start seeing and knowing – who's who and what's what are you getting right about the time to figure that out have you come to a conclusion of what they are and are they legitimate contenders would you say that the pelicans are legitimate contenders number one in the west tied with the grizzlies right now are they legitimate contenders if they hold the number one seat could we be looking at this like the west might go through new orleans it it depends on what you mean by contender do i think they're a legit title contender yes i mean title contenders I don't because I don't think they're ready. Now, do I think they are a legit deep playoff run contender? Without a question. Without a question. They can just easily get to – I just – look, if it breaks right and they get uh, 
Sacramento in round one and I don't know the Jazz. I don't even know if that's possible. But they get some combination of that, like, or no, they get the Lakers in Sacramento, right? Like, as Lakers in round one, Sacramento in round two. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, because if it breaks that way, sure. But again, if they have to go through the better teams in the West, I'm not 100% sure they are conference, you know, for sure, legitimate conference finalists. When I say legitimate, look, I always say you play who's in front of you, you beat who you beat. The Portland Trailblazers were conference finalists, was it four seasons ago now? That the last year KD was in Golden State. Does anybody really think that was a true conference finals team? No. They just happened to be on the side of the bracket where they didn't have to play Houston or Golden State until the conference finals. Sometimes you get luck. And listen, luck matters in winning a championship. I want to be very clear about that. You have to be good, and you also need things to break your way, right? Like, But eventually, you're going to have to beat good teams, and they couldn't do it, right? The Warriors swept them, right? So, I mean, it's... It is what it is. But, yes, I think this team is very, very good. They have the statistical profile that says so. So they should be a team that should finish. I mean, they should finish in the top three in the West. I don't see them falling below that, barring an injury or something crazy going on. That's huge if they can finish top three in the West. I think that would be a a huge, wildly successful regular season for the Pelicans if that happens. Listen, they're a team to keep their eye on. I'm sure we will be talking more about them during the season. We will see. If Brian Fonseca keeps that same energy and is shouting Pels in six and they're going to the Western Conference Finals, you know, and Murph has the pom-poms for Zion, we'll see. See, they're now they're now the new darlings. The Grizzlies, see, everybody's like off the Grizz now. They're like, oh, you know, the Grizz, the, the, the bloom is off of them. We've seen John Moran in the playoffs. Now everybody's going to be jumping on the Pelicans. They're, they're the new shiny toys. And listen, I would like to say something to that. I think it does matter that you have, and it's good for the league, which has a ton of parity, as Gerard and I spoke about last week when we had this. We talked about parity in, in our episode. I think it's good for the league when you're seeing Memphis mm-hmm. and New Orleans mm-hmm. at the top of the West with good young talent and also stocked with draft picks and flexibility. That's the thing. And you, some young talent that's already committed to still being there long term. Mm-hmm. These things are good for the league. It is good for the growth of the league. It is good to see new teams. That's something you and I said last week. It's good to see new teams at the top and see that. Now, some of y'all going too far, saying the Pelicans are going to the Western (laughs) Conference Finals. Yes, we're talking about you, Brian Fonseca. Some of y'all are going too far. But you should be excited about the Pelicans. Yeah. And I hope they do some good things down there in New Orleans. That fan base deserves it. The ones that no do doubt. show up to games when they do show up to games. Oh, well, there's they, that. They, no, but they're hyped down there. Look, the future of the Western Conference, Dexter, could yeah. very well be Memphis and New Orleans over the next five years. Now, listen, we get into trouble when we do that, right? A team plays well. Yes. You're like, all right. They're the, and, but, you know, and, and I'm going to go to this team. You know where I'm going. But they actually were. The Oklahoma City Thunder, right? They uh, go to the uh, NBA Finals in 2012, right? Your, fa- your favorite trade, your favorite trade in the world. You're going to come from was, was, was it 12 and went to the finals? 2011. 2011. Whatever year that was. Oh, 2011, 2012. 20, I, no, 2012. 2012. 2012. They go to the NBA Finals, right? <clears throat> Everybody's like, all right, K- Katie and Westbrook and Harden are they going to go back a million times? Whatever, whatever. They're the new face of the Western Conference. As a group, they never went back to the to the NBA Finals, but every year they were healthy, they made it to the Conference Finals. So. In that way, they were the face of the Western Conference while they were together, right? So, again, to win a championship, you need a lot of things to go your way. You have to get lucky. 
right? You need injury luck. You need a lot. I like, I say it all the time. Detroit can be as lucky as they want. They ain't winning shit, okay? You have to be good enough for luck to actually matter, right? Like, but when you are one of these elite teams, in order to win the thing, you have to get the breaks going your way, right? And so, yes, all things being equal, the future of the Western Conference should run through Memphis or New Orleans over the next five to 10 years. Again, that's assuming all the things, health, nobody getting moved to trade, all those things, which, you know, we can't predict the future. Keyword is should. Keyword is should. It's the reason you play the games. You never know what's going to happen. We all thought that group, as, as Rob mentioned, will win a bunch of championships, and that never happened once. So there you go. But enjoy. I'm not trying to put the rain on anybody's parade. Just enjoy. Enjoy the ride. The Pelicans are really good. They look like a really good roster. And we'll see. We'll see how far they go. I got I got a question for you, actually, in that, in that okay. vein of, you know, they didn't win any championships. So in many people's eyes, that 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 time in, in Oklahoma City for that trio was a failure. And because all we have is the, cha- the champions, we have nothing else. As an association football fan, like I know you are. Yeah. Would you be down with having more trophies? So you play La Liga or Premier or it doesn't matter whatever league you're in. If you win your league, you win a trophy. You have, that's one opportunity. Every league has a domestic tournament. That's a second trophy. And then, of course, we have Champions League, which is your third trophy. Now, you know this as a Liverpool fan of any fan of association football. Tell me that you don't get hype when your team wins any of those three trophies. It's a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they all have, excuse me, they all have their ranking and standing in what they are. Like, I think everybody wants to win their league in football, association football. You want to, if you can win Champions League, that is a big deal. You're going up against the best of the best. Um, If you win Europa League, that's a good thing. It's a little tier below that, Mm -hmm. but it's a really good thing. And your domestic tournament. FA Cup is a nice thing to win. Liverpool won the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup last year. The Carabao Cup doesn't need as much. But listen. You're still winning something. And here's the good thing about that, and this is something I would like to mention why I would not be opposed to this in the NBA. The lower the cups, right, or the, the you value a cup. And, again, it depends on your standing as a team. You know, if you're the Lakers, you might look down upon this cup because of the amount of championships you have, not the same as the Larry O'Brien trophy. Same thing in football. Man, Manchester United, you know, Liverpool, they don't care about the Carabao Cup as much as they do. However. If you can dominate and win a bunch of cups, as Liverpool was trying to do last year and trying to win four, mm-hmm. and they only won two, and it was disappointing that we didn't win four, really disappointing we didn't win three because we ain't win that Champions League final, but we ain't, talk about that. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that. <clears throat> I would be, I'd be for it because I think there's value in playing for other things, right? Than yes. having this one thing, and it creates yes. this culture, which is, I think, what you're saying in terms of being, well, they didn't do this, it's a failure. It almost makes us devalue teams that consistently get to a place in a short period of time right. or have good runs. It's like I say all the time about, you know, grow, as I've gotten older, I look at it very differently. But I look back and I'm like, damn, you know, what I got to experience as a kid watching the 90s Knicks, sure, Jordan broke my heart a bunch of times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, there's some heartbreaking loss. The Knicks went to two finals. Yo, man, look. I, like, I, I, that's I, not a bad thing. So you, we, we talked about the trophies in association football. My first time in Madrid, I went to Santiago Bernabal, right, which is where Real Madrid plays. You know what is in their stadium, in their trophy case? 
all of their trophies, trophies. not right. just Champions League. Right. Everything is in there. La Liga Cups, Copa del Rey, everything is in there because trophies matter. So my thing is like, yo, why can't we do this in the NBA? Look, mm. if I bust my ass to win 67 games and y'all chose not to, I should. we should get something for that. There should be a, yo, we won the regular season league. We were the best front to back. We get, and the NBA is doing that. You're getting something. There is a, a new redesigned trophy you get. Now, the thing is, we have to get it so that it's not, again, and this is like my whole rant about American exceptionalism thing we do about, oh, only one thing. And it's like, it's so stupid. Like, yo, that's dope. They won that. Celebrate that. That's a big deal. We're doing the in-season tournament next year. Celebrate that. That's a big deal. Of course, we will always celebrate the NBA Finals. Three chances to win a trophy. Give your fan base something to be excited about, right? Yeah. Think about think about the Orlando Magic. Imagine if they would Paolo one of these guys. Like you know, they're still young, but let's say next year or the year after, they're like, all right, starting to win like forty games, forty five, but they win the midseason tournament. Yo, be amped for that. Like that's dope. It's something, and it's something. Here's something else I like when I was talking about the lesser cups in European football that you might play for. You know what happens in a lot of those things that happen in the Carabao Cup for Liverpool? A lot of the young players that, because you have to think about how am I managing my team? Mm -hmm. Am Mm -hmm. I going to play them in this cup game? I'm going to play an FA Cup game because I have this Champions League game coming up. So -hmm. you manage it, but your young players get valuable experience in, and I'm putting air quotes here for people who are listening to this, in sort of pressurized games. There is pressure on it. Of course. Because you you might be playing lower division teams or G League teams. We're just thinking of ways we should do this. This should be a show for another show that we Mm -hmm. should talk about. Mm But there's ways to make this fun. There's ways to showcase us other talent. And I agree with Gerard a ton on this. There is va- there is so much more value than just putting it on this one thing and making it mean everything. Yes, listen, if you win the regular season tournament, excuse me, regular season trophy for best record, and you don't get it done in the playoffs, that's fine, but you still won a bunch of games, right? Like you say, you want to put value in the regular season. Although Gerard and I both think the regular season should be shortened. Yeah, shortened. We it, yeah, agree. we still agree mm-hmm. with that. I think there's more reason to be shortened if you go to this yes, format. That'll put so much value on it. But you put value on it. And yes, maybe you don't get it done in the postseason. But maybe we don't have to everything make it be a failure because you don't get it done in the postseason. Does the postseason and Larry O'Brien Trophy matter more than all? Yes, it does. But does it have to be the end all be all thing? No. That's the thing, because think about it, Dexter. At the way we've and we've done this for decades, because how the NBA has been, every year there's 29 loser teams. 29 right. teams are failures. One right. team every year is awesome. Everybody else right. sucks. Like right. that, 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 when I won 65 games, how do I stink? Like that doesn't right. Right. That doesn't make I, any sense. <laughs> it's like I've never been against in any of these sports, the American sports we have for your conference or your league, getting a trophy like the the NBA does for the Eastern and Western Conference when you win. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's cool and it's great. Like. Yo, you 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 may not win the finals. You might not get to host la- hoist Larry O'Brien Trophy, but it's nice you got to ho- host. You know, raise up mm-hmm. Eastern Conference or Western Conference Trophy. Mm-hmm. That matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's cool that you had that moment. You won your conference. Yes, you made it through three rounds of the playoffs and knocked off three teams. That matters. You won twelve games under postseason pressure. That matters. I'm fine with that. I just think it's tough. I think you're right, and I know this is going it's going long into a another thing you and I agree on. Yes, I think a lot of it has to do with the American exceptionalism. I think a lot of it is when people push back on the idea of the in-season tournament. They say, oh, how's it going to work? The same way it does in other leagues. Right. Exactly. It's not that hard, man. It's, really not. it's not that hard. If you just take your mind away from like 
how sports are supposed to be. Right. Now, I can go to the European football. Something I would like to see in the Premier League and other places, I would love it if I love that they have a regular season championship. There's something I've advocated for. Maybe it's my American sports sensibilities. Right. I'd love them to see take the top six teams and do a little postseason playoff. I would love that to happen. I think it's tough because they got Champions League already. Like it's just a lot. And I think it's extra, tough, but but it's know. tough because they have people playing for other trophies. And right. to some degree, playing in those other tournaments, especially if your team is in the upper echelon of their right. league, gives you that. You get to go against the best. You get to play in the group stage and then have the knockout round. So you do kind of get a lot of. You do get that playoff feel if you want to and, and from these unlike, other tournaments. Unlike the NBA players, association football players also all play for their national team every year, right? Yeah. Our top guys only play Olympics. They don't play World Cup. They don't do any of that qualifying stuff, right? Those guys, like, they got Euro Cup. They got CONCACAF. They got, right, they all, they all play. A, there's a tournament every year, right? Like, so they have national team responsibilities on top of that. So it's a lot. It's just, to me, look, you know what I always say, Dex? The phrase, this is how we've always done things, is the worst phrase known oh, to yeah. man. Most dangerous. Like, it, right? It's so dangerous because it's just like, oh, expand your mind. We can do this differently and you'll enjoy it. It will be fun. Imagine being a fan of a team that you're like, wow, we got a chance to get a trophy. Finally. Right? We can win something. Right. right. Yeah. And and that, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and then what can those trophies do for the confidence of your team, especially with a developing team? I, I, I think – when they do the in-season tournament, we will see certain things like that play out, and then I think it'll change people's sensibilities. Might be one year. Hey, this team won an in-season trophy. Okay, they're not real contenders for in-season tournament. Excuse me, they're not real contenders for the NBA title. But what does that feeling of winning, winning some pressure games, what would that do to that team? I find it rather interesting. We'll see. As do I. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to give you the best bets for Wednesday night picks. We're here to win you some money. On the NBA Exchange. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play download the prize picks app today all right welcome back to the nba exchange we are going to talk some nba best bets got a nice slate of games tonight not too many games um but there's some good ones interesting ones uh no grizzlies for uh <laughs> pick this week uh but who you got in your first game dry uh, my first game, I am looking at the Washington Wizards going to Denver to play the Nuggets. Uh, Wizards, one of the worst teams in the league, Dexter, in terms of their net rating. Um, uh, you know, they're 25th. They're 24th in deep ends, 18th in offense. Like, uh, it's just not good. They re- recently played on Monday night uh, at home against the Nets, lost that game. Going to the altitude to play Denver, who has not played since Saturday. So they are well-rested, ready to roll. Denver are 11.5-point favorites in this game. Now, that line makes me a little bit nervous, but I'm going to roll with it because, as I mentioned, the Wizards can't play any defense. 
Over-under is 223.5. It definitely take the over there because neither of these teams actually play any defense. Um, look for Nikola Jokic, 25-plus, uh, 8-plus rebounds, 8-plus assists. Um, look for a Jamal Murray game, 20-plus uh, points. So you can parlay that with the win. On the Wizards' side, look for Kyle Kuzma to hit two threes if you're looking to add a little danger to your parlay. Yeah, it was all good like a week ago for the Wizards or a week and a half ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was. I I, I, I talked when, a couple uh, last Monday when I had Kelsey Nicole Nelson on the show. We were saying, hey, this is a very tough stretch for the Wizards, and it could get bad real quick. And they were 11 and 13, I believe, at the time. They are now 11 and 18 or 19. Yeah, they're not, not um, great. Not great. It's not been good, and it feels a lot like last year, where it started off pretty decent for the Wizards, yeah. and now it's gone all south. All right, 11, 11 and seventeen. Which, by the way, as we mentioned 17. about t- teams looking for, tri- I don't know what the Wizards are doing, but there might be some dudes available. Forget about the Bradley Beal Kuzma. thing, but Kuzma. I was going to say one. Kuzma. That's you know, Kuzma's one maybe a trade the Lakers to play. Lakers never should have given up, but that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, my first game, I got the Knicks. They are in Chi-Town. The Knicks are hot. They've won four games in a row. In a little bit under two weeks, they went from the 26th ranked defense to number 10. Now, some of these changes have occurred ever since they played. They put Miles McBride into the rotation, shortened up rotation, Quentin Grimes in the starting lineup. This has really all come after the Dallas game where Tibbs did not like what he saw from Cam Reddish and Cam Reddish. Is now on the bench. Um, the Knicks plus one fifty. I see shaking your head, Gerard. I'll get to that in a second. The Knicks at plus one fifty. They're underdogs here. Uh, the Bulls four point favorites. Over under here is two twenty five and a half. My best bet for this to me is take the under. Both of these teams still do not trust the Knicks offense. Gerard told me put this in the chat the other day. I like how the Knicks have been playing defense. They've looked a lot better lately. Still don't trust their offense. It is a game-time decision. I have not seen, and I've been, I'm looking right now as we talk, I have not seen any alerts as to whether or not Jalen Brunson will play in this game. Um, still looking, no word on that yet if Jalen Brunson will play in this game. That is huge in terms of what you might want to bet in this game. If Jalen Brunson plays, then I can see this line moving. So if you want to get this at four, I'm actually inclined to take the Knicks plus the points here because of how they've been playing and how Chicago's really look booty butt cheeks here. I would be inclined to go with them, but I don't. I think getting the Knicks with some points here as an underdog or taking them as a money line is a good play. But the best bet for me in this one is I think the number two twenty five is way too high. Gerard just said it was two. What did you, did you say? Two was it two twenty three for uh yeah two twenty three for Wizards Nuggets guys two twenty three and a half two twenty three and a half for Wizards Nuggets and you're telling me two twenty five for Knicks Bulls where both offenses have been struggling. Nah, that's an under for me. I was with Gerard on the Nuggets Wizards game. Well, you definitely take the would take the over. This one's under for me. That's the best bet. I don't have a great feel on this team. I'd lean a little bit more to the Knicks because they've been playing better, and I think they will take some of these good habits on the road. They also play Chicago again on Friday. So this is one of these baseball style series that we're getting now in the NBA. They're two nights in Chicago. Look, not a bad city to spend two nights in, although it's going to be cold as hell. This is not bad for the Knicks, but we'll see. The Knicks have been playing some decent basketball. I wouldn't get too high too early. We still have some offensive issues, uh, and we'll see how it goes. But take that under 225. That's my best bet there. Gerard, you were shaking your head about Cam Reddish uh, not playing. We know you. I wouldn't call you in the Cam Reddish hive, but I know how you feel about certain things with him playing. Look, 
I do like Reddish a lot. Like, this is my issue with so many teams in the league. How can Cam develop any kind of confidence when every two minutes he's getting yanked from the rotation, right? Mm. He knows I make the slightest mistake, Tibbs is pulling me. That doesn't allow you to play free. Look, I get it, okay? Tibbs wants to win games. He wants to grind out. You don't defend all the things. But, bro, are we putting it, Are we setting him up for success? This is, this is a lottery pick guy. When he came out of high school, he was in the same class as Zion and R.J. Barrett. He was right there with those guys. Did he get less talented all of a sudden in the last five years? I don't think so. I just, look, player development is something that is most teams in the NBA stink at it, which is not good, right? And this is why Coach David Thorpe has a thriving business because so many teams are just terrible at it. And players come and they get better, right? Because they work with him on their games. I just feel like when you know, oh, man, you're playing nervous, right? Because you're not, you're worried. You're worried. I'm going to get my, my spot taken. So he's out there messing up. Okay, I'm coming out. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Look, I don't know if Cam's ever going to be any good on this team. So it might be, hey, move him somewhere. Like, I'd love to see him in San Antonio, right? Where Pop's like, I ain't going to take you out, man. I would love to see what he develops in a place like that where they actually prize player development. Anyway. That's, my- that's probably going to happen. And he will prize. Um, <clears throat> I have not been waving the pom-poms for Cam, but I do think there's a lot to what you're saying. There's something I will tell you about that. We'll have to talk about this after after the recording. Uh, wait, I can't. I will not say this on air. Uh, what's your next game, Gerard? My next game is the Sacramento Kings at the Toronto Raptors. Second night of a back-to-back for Sacramento. They lost in Philly last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raptors are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home over under 231-and-a-half. I'm taking the Raptors here, and I'm going under because they can defend. Now, look, the Raptors have been weird on offense. OG Ananobi's out. Pascal is there. So I like Pascal for uh, 20 plus points and nine plus rebounds. Uh, look for that. Van Vliet, two threes and a Raptors win. If you want to take a uh, take a little parlay on the Kings side, I think Herter's day to day. If he's going to play, I would say look for anything on Herter, two plus threes in that game. Look for Demontis Sabonis, five plus assists. But I like the Raptors in this game. I like the Raptors in this one, too. I think that's a good, I think that's a good play there, too. Kings on a back-to-back, and they can't defend. That's See, that's how bad we think. That we know what the numbers tell you that with the Sacramento defense. It's like the Raptors offense ain't great, and we don't think you can stop them. So that's it. And this is some people are saying Kings are a lot to make the playoffs. I still like punch the brakes <laughs> on that. I like some things they've done, but they can't right. stop anybody. Let's they just maybe, maybe we need to pump the brakes on that. Uh, my last game, and I'm, I was wavering on this game. I still am. Um, <laughs> Golden State Warriors. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Indiana Pacers. If you like them, plus 100. Um, Over-under for this is 238. Gerard talked about this earlier, okay? And we've talked a lot about this in group chat. I texted the other day. I said, um, when do we start worrying about the Golden State Warriors on the road? And Gerard was like, now. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I am worried. Now, here's, the, here's my inclination to bet on the Warriors right now. They everybody's going to talk about the good win that they had on Saturday night against the Celtics, and they did look good in that contest. And then they came out against Milwaukee. Um, was that last night? Last yeah, night, yep. Last got, night, excuse me. Got boat race next Monday. <laughs> last night, and they got their ass handed to them against Milwaukee, who we know Milwaukee's 
elite defensively, okay? Elite defensively. And they look like they're starting to get rhythm with Middleton back and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. The Warriors did not look good last night. Mm-mm. The Warriors also had a, for by their standards and for them, a bad loss to the Pacers at home. And we spoke about the Pacers. That was uh, was that two two weeks ago. I mean, mm-hmm. We spoke about mm-hmm. the Pacers and their young core that we had an episode that Gerard and I. They're gonna want a little payback tonight. Now, there was no Clay Thompson in this game, and that's part of the reason it's just one and a half. I think they'll find a way to get a win. I think they're embarrassed by what happened last night. I think they'll be looking to bounce back. But <laughs> do you really trust the Warriors on the road right now? <laughs> Rod doesn't. We have some concerns about them. I might look and see what you can get. This is crazy because you're getting, you know, they got to win by two or more. And you're like, can they win by two or more on the road? <laughs> that's a, that's bad news, right? They're so, they're, they're so weird on the road. So weird on the road. You can, like, it's so weird on the road. You can see yourself getting screwed here and them winning by a point. Mm-hmm. Just touch the money line. That would be my best bet here. I think they'll get revenge. But the Pacers also scare me because they're a little confident. And they're hungry. And them Harden boys had a bad loss to the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday night. And I think they might really want to show something to their home fans. So I expect them to play hard. And the Warriors should cover this. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Like I said, no Clay Thompson in this. We'll see about Wiggins' availability. I would keep my eye on that if you're going to do that. But I would definitely probably play money line with the Warriors. You're not going to get great value on that. But I think it's a safer play. Because this is a game where they could screw you. And they only win by one. And you're <laughs> wishing you took a little less odds on that money line. And it would be a lot better. Yeah. Not trusting the Warriors in the road. But I'm kind of trusting enough. If I had to go to over-under, that 238 is a little high. I'd probably stay away from that. Also wouldn't be shocked if Steph Curry goes wild in that. You know the line for him is high. It's going to be like over three and a half, four and a half threes. If three and a half, I'd play that. Four and a half is where I get a little bit nervous on the road. I don't know about that. If it's home, I'd be more inclined. But those are some props I would definitely um, look at for tonight. So we will see. I still can't believe that Nick Spoles is 225 and a half for that over-under. <laughs> it's higher than the Nuggets and what's Maybe they, they look Vegas knows something. What they, they know, know something I don't. I don't. They know <laughs> they know some things sometimes. They know some things. Hey, mm-hmm. I don't know uh what we knew is we told y'all to take that Pelicans over on that. Sure did. Looking mm-hmm. towards that right now. I believe it was 43 or 44 at the time we talked about that. And they're almost halfway there. So we will see. All right. That does it for this edition of the MD Exchange. That is Gerard Hector. Check out his work with True Hoop. Also check him out on the seven footers podcast. With our homegirl, Jenna Levincelli, uh, who I talked to today. Jenna, very busy out there. So Yeah, yeah she's out here in these streets interviewing Eagles. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, she's talking about it. She's got some dope, other dope <laughs> interviews lined up coming along the way. Can't talk to y'all about that. That's post, post-family secrets. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be good. Um, Gerard, I believe next week is next week we're not doing the show because we're breaking for the week because I've got a, <laughs> bunch of, a bunch of things in the schedule. Um, so right. we're going to be, we're actually going to be back after the holidays. Well, ha- um, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays you know, to you and yours. Have a happy new here. year. I'm uh, say, same here. Are you, uh, are you somebody that gets big into the holiday decorating? Yeah. So we really, we actually, yeah, I'm yeah, a little we, surprised at that. <laughs> I did not no, think so. Okay. We, we, we actually, we, we drive across the river and we actually we cut our tree down from a tree, Christmas tree farm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> are you, are you, is that meaning to say that you feel like you're a little bit too bougie for an artificial tree? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just that I, I like the idea of it. It's just a, a nice, uh, uh, you know, thing for us to do. You know, we get a wreath, we do the whole nine. No, it's it's nice. Like from basically my birthday, which is uh, November twenty first through New Year's, the, those six seven weeks are my favorite six weeks of the year. Right? It's just we go right into the holiday season. It's it's a wonderful time, so I, I enjoy it. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to some NBA games. Having a good time. You know. Yeah, I did not did not know that yeah, about man, you. Really, yeah. I feel like I've been stepping up a little bit more with the decorating this year. Um, added some things to uh, okay. the tree. Okay. I got some uh, sports teams. I'll took some pictures of this on some the sports team ornaments. Okay. Yeah, I got a little uh, Liverpool ornament we got Ooh. up there. We got the Steelers ornament up there. Okay. Teams okay. with positive vibes, as y'all can see, folks, because I don't <laughs> do a lot of that negativity uh, anymore. I uh, got my little pit uh, ornament up there. So I've been adding some personality to yeah, the tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? We did, we did the wreath this year. We got the wreath. Okay, the, uh, so you look at you. So you're doing yeah, it. You're doing it. Yeah. I, I didn't care as much, but I said time to put you know put a little uh, different Christmas flavor on things. And the thing I like to do is every year you get a new, one or two new ornaments that you add to the yes. tree, right? Like yes. that, like it's kind of you know it's nice. It's nice. I think that's what I was doing. I got 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 mm-hmm. some for Simone. Got her to mm-hmm. add a little new ornaments. Mm-hmm. In. So doing some little things, adding. So I, I've gotten to the holiday spirit a little bit more this year. That's wonderful, man. Listen, yeah. it's time time for family celebrating. You know all the all the blessings we have in our lives, and you know and just really enjoy yourself because look, there's not a lot to be negative about in this world, right? So if you're gonna gotta find the positivity where you can and enjoy enjoy it, man. It's always always fun. Good message uh, for everybody. Before, you know, before then, hopefully everybody enjoys the NBA basketball. Uh, through the next week, and that'll be on Christmas, which will obviously be a busy day around that. We might see if we sneak in a special Christmas Day episode before that. That's something mm. we might do, but we'll talk about it. We might do. Our, we might have to get the group chat in for a Christmas oh, Day. Oh, we'll hello, Christmas Day. Well, well, yeah, not on Christmas Day, because unfortunately, your boy has to work. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have to do something around Christmas Day. Uh, enjoy the eggnog or whatever it is that some of you guys drink on the holidays. I do enjoy the eggnog from time to time. Gerard and I will be enjoying wine as much as we can. Obviously, you not got that right. But you know, <laughs> uh, we'll be enjoying the wine as we do. For Gerard Hector, I am Dexter Henry. Until next time for the NBA Exchange. Peace, guys. Happy holidays.